a bullpen session. This is Patrick Lillis. Glad you're listening. Glad you're here. Glad you're doing okay. I hope you're doing okay. Are you? Um, hope you're avoiding COVID. I have to say a lot of my, a lot meaning too many friends have uh, been diagnosed recently. Most of them, all of them healthy, healthy, mild symptoms, asymptomatic, uh, but going around. And so I hope you're staying safe. I hope everybody's, you know, the vaccine is so close. I just want us all to make it and to be able to get the vaccine and get back to normal. And so, you know, and we're in the final stretch, do everything you can to avoid catching a virus and do everything you can to avoid people committing a coup. Um, Recording this a couple days before it drops. I was going to wait to record it. Usually I like to do it as close as possible, but um, but I didn't want there to be more dramatic news to have to comment on. I think last last week's uh, attack on the Capitol is exciting enough for all of us. And by the time you're listening to this, we have a new president. And hopefully things have remained quiet. In that front, the conversation this week is with my good friend and incredibly talented actor and writer, um, Florencia Lozano, and we had a great conversation. I will just say that this is, you'll hear it, it was frustrating because I had a problem. You know, one of the things about the pandemic is, you know, I'm also my own engineer and I had a problem. My Zoom has been doing this weird thing lately where it picks up my external microphone as the external speaker and then I can't hear anything because oddly enough my microphone is not also a speaker and when I went to correct that early in our conversation apparently the record button got is one of the things that I was checking to see if that was a problem and uh, you will hear where we pick up in the interview that the first 20 minutes of our conversation uh, are not recorded which uh, that's the first time that's happened, and that is why there are professionals in this field who do these jobs, and, you know, one of the challenges of us doing everything at home. Uh, she, Florencia, is incredibly generous and rolled with it and is one of just a great person, not only because of that, but in many reasons, but why well, I'm grateful it was her, and probably it happened because it was her, because I was so happy just to talk to her and see her and... Um, you know, during the pandemic, I haven't seen her except for in a group Zoom meeting or something, and so, or reading. So it's just nice to be one-on-one and get to talk to her. I will say that the part of the conversation we picked up on is the meat of it, so you get to hear a great conversation. You know, you missed, um, probably missed me flattering her with what a great collaborator she is and how she takes on ownerships of projects. You'll hear examples of that later in our conversation, but I do love that I asked her where that came from, and she talked about just that being her way from the age of nine and knowing that she was going to be doing this uh, from the very first place she did. And uh, it was a great conversation, and I'm excited to share it with you and really sad. I will say it reminded me my favorite podcast besides this one, besides the one that I'm on. Wanted to make a really bad joke about that, but I think probably I'll just leave it at a good sense of self-esteem. Um, but the other favorite podcast is Mark Maron's WTF. 
And as soon as it happened, I thought of when he was recording John Turturro, he lost some of it in his frustration. And I thought, oh, you'll you'll hear in the very beginning my frustration. And, and, uh, and I thought, well, I'm in good company. So it happens. And I'm talking about that more than I thought I would. But one of the reasons I'm talking about it is I am, same as the beginning, I am looking forward for this to be over. And I've noticed that it's become, talked about it before, this pandemic's become so normalized. Like, I am busy. Uh, we have a new farm has a new playwriting class coming up, just started, and our college collaboration project just started rehearsal, and uh, I'm doing a, my solo show and a benefit, so I started rehearsal, and I'm rehearsing Adina Taubman's, and, uh, and everything is scheduled through March on Zoom. I have a lot of activity, and I think, just talking about this today, I think everything is scheduled through March, because after March, nothing is scheduled, and I think that's because me and institutions and other people, I think we're all sort of holding off, hoping like, well, maybe after March we can do something in person. And and I hope that's true. I hope it's true. But what I loved when I was looking at how full my calendar was getting between now and March is, uh, is I'm realizing like, right, it's as full as it used to be in normal normal times. And, and I think it's because we're just taking it in stride now and starting to do the work. And and not starting, we're just doing the work and, and moving the ball forward every day. And and I think it's, I'm saying that to I'm saying that because I want to have a point about like, oh, at the end of March, I think it stops because we're hoping to be vaccinated. We're hoping to be out in the world. We're hoping to stay healthy and safe for that time. And, um, and we are. So I hope that happens. But at the same time, what I want to pay attention to as it's getting normal in the workload is I also... You know, I want to remember not to overschedule. And just because there's no commute doesn't mean I can do more. And also I'm noticing that I want to be planning for when we can get back to normal for how to have the muscle and time and creative brain space to do the work that I want to be doing. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having that problem. And um, in the meantime, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm excited. Also, I just want to say this. Email us at the farm. Patrick at the farmtheater.org or bullpen at the farmtheater.org. And, you know, let us know what you're doing. Let us know what you're working on. Let us know what you need. Because I'm also loving that part of the pandemic is your communication this way is helping us shape programming, but it's also helping me feel connected as this conversation does. The one way that we have with each other when the pod drops. And uh, so I look forward to hearing from you. With that, I'm excited to share the conversation uh, with Florencia and myself. And you will hear in the beginning that Zoom was the pandemic. It was, you know, my technical error, but only only because something weird is happening. But I'm glad that we got through it. And we had a really lovely conversation. And you get to hear about a, a movie that she co-wrote and helped to get produced and I'm uh, that she's in that when it comes out everybody should see and you'll hear us talk about that as well so with that play ball so I'll ask that again what 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 were you you were saying something about what we learned well uh, this is very organic because it's happening right now in the moment you know we adapt. We adapt. Things go wrong. I mean, we can't be in a room together. And that is what we do. This year, we... But theater people, we are used to shit 
being taken away, not having enough money, not having enough time, people having other jobs. I mean, we are used to adversity and the fact that we continue to persist and insist on getting together and telling stories to small groups of people. I mean, no matter how big they are, live audiences will never compare, right? But that very sacred thing of being together and living through something together, uh, I, think, I think it says something about who decides to devote their life or a part of their life to that, to that failure. I'm on at some level, we are failing constantly, but what a glorious, what a glorious thing we're attempting. We, we do a play and it's over. And if, you know, even if it has been recorded, it's over. If you weren't there, you missed it. And there's something incredibly um, special about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and you're, that, you are right. And actually, when you said it's small, the number of people who see it, you know, I calculate like how many people see a play that runs on Broadway for a year. And then you think of who saw one TV episode. Right. And then, you know, it pales in comparison. Yet the Broadway show for a year is a huge success. Yes. And it's that, because it's that intimacy uh, that's amazing about theater that I, that is what I love about it. And, um, it's that intimacy and it's also what you share with the other people sitting in the dark. I, I remember, I remember Janet McTeer in a doll's house. Me too. You saw that, right? Brilliant. The last moments, I'm just getting chills thinking about it. The last moments when she's leaving him and she's telling him why, I felt like everyone in that audience, we were like holding hands. There was something that just united us. I felt such a connection to everyone there. And then poof, it was gone, right? And we all went our separate ways. But I will never forget that feeling. It was like being in church. And, and you know, that, that feeling of oneness with strangers, like that is a very deep, meaningful experience. No, I remember that, that funny. I remember sitting, I was in the orchestra in the back row and I just remember sitting there when you said we all went out and went into the streets. I was like, yeah, I think I might have. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was so, that's, that's, that's top five, top 10 performances. Yeah. I had another moment when you said it and I don't know if you ever saw the real thing, Jennifer Eel, am I saying that right? Oh, Jennifer Ely. I've heard her performance was amazing in that. Amazing. And, and, and that play, I was like, about it stopped these ideas. And I thought, he has this scene at the top of act one. It's this whole thing where I, I, I just wanted to, like, I, I was like, oh, you expressed what it is, what you, you expressed in the first 10 minutes of the scene, what love is. Like what the feeling, like things that poets and nobody can define, your performance just showed me what actual love is. Wow. So blown away. And it was that moment where I went, oh, you said the whole group we joined and we joined hand, shared hands. And there was this moment where I felt like over the whole theater, you could feel what that was. And I was like, oh, that, that's what the real thing is. <laughs> that's yes. the real love. So powerful. And... And it's, you know, I get it, I get it from going, you know, it's, I am thrilled the very few times I've worked in film in a different medium, I'm happy to do that. But I, I live for the church of theater, you know, yeah. I live for that, the, 
you know, getting to have what's said in the pulpit and uh, from the there as well as being in the pew, you know. Yeah. It's rich both ways. And it reminds me of, of sports, right? It's, it's, I mean, you love baseball. Um, I don't know if there's other sports that you love. I can, I can enjoy two squirrels fighting over a nut for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much could go with either one. That is what gets me through this pandemic. If I don't have theater, I'm like, well, there's some game on tonight. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's 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 a game. It's it's a play. It you're the, it's an event, live event. It's really happening. Yeah, and it's happening right there. Yeah. And it, and for the first, it's actually funny I, when you said the thing about plays not being recorded, much like this earlier podcast. Um, <laughs> never, I, I never wanted to like tape a sporting event. I'm like, I care about the Yankees. I want to know if they won. The watching of it is only amazing when I don't know what's happened. Right. You know? Right. Like, like, not that I can't appreciate it, but I'm like, I'm in it for the moment of the story of it and what's happening. But if right. I, you know, but if I know, right. if I know <laughs> Willie's not going to make it, I don't really want to watch two hours. <laughs> right. But, you know, of course, plays is, you know, the paradox of theater is like, yes, of course, we know what's going to happen. And yet the magic of it is pretending we don't know and watching the, you know, as actors, right? And as an audience, you know, it's a dialogue that we're having with the people who are there that night. It's, it's a real exchange between the actors on stage telling this story as if for the first time and the audience receiving this telling of it, even if they've seen this production before. There's something about, you know, this moment, um, which it, it does take a certain amount of faith. Like people have to come and they have to be willing to suspend their disbelief and imagine. It's, it's, it's such a active place of faith that that we engage in when we when we come together in a theater yeah i, I, I yeah i agree with that and i love that word because i and it's funny i think it's faith i think it's faith and i think it's imagination i have this whole theory about it's not a theory my belief in god is that god is imagination and i can unpack that for days but i will just simply put there was nothing there was a desire for something there was something that's imagination and um and the act of faith of, I find the giant act of faith is when people promote a play before it's been written or been rehearsed or teched or any been in front of an audience. I'm like, you don't know what it is. <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be. And because I want to go blindly into the process at all times of, or, or open, not blind, but open to right. the process. And, uh, and then there's always somebody who's selling the play. And I'm like, that is an act of faith. That yes. We're going to get somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, we recorded the public. We recorded, we produced all separately in our individual apartments. Produced, you know, a radio play. Yeah, the adaptable part about the radio play I'm going to ask about. Did you <sighs> put it, is your part of that finished? Like, it's coming out in March, right? They're releasing it in March. Yes. So, but the recording is done? The recording is all done. Wow. Recording is all done. We did it in three weeks. We did a play, Romeo and Juliet 
in three weeks. And did you, I'm curious about that. Was it rehearsed like, like it's three weeks. So it wasn't rehearsed. Well, that might be as much rehearsal as you get, but how much rehearsal did you get? We got like maybe three rehearsals of each scene and then we recorded. Yeah. And, And were you doing it like that scene at a time type idea that would be then edited and put together and And we were on Zoom with each other. So we were acting with each other. The public sent us mics. They sent us um, recorders. So we would download the files. We became engineers, kind of. I mean, just like the stage manager, everything she had to deal with in terms of getting all of the cast sort of up to speed on how to do all this technical stuff, right? It It was a lot. That is what we are all becoming is our own engineer and our own lighting designer, costume, makeup. You know, you're doing an audio play, but, you know, for the audition when you're self-taping and having to learn all of it, lighting. Oof. And that's amazing. What was it? And, and well, I'm glad you were all on Zoom because at least yeah. you're acting and seeing each other. Yes. But I mean, like, you know, uh, fights on Zoom, you know, it's like, wait a second, what are we, I love these people. Like there's, I'm staring at like 20 scenes, we're having a sword fight and react, you know, it it was just like, wow, we are so flexible, as you said. We are willing to adapt to, we are going to make this work. We are committed to telling a story. Even if we are all isolated from each other, like coming together uh, virtually yeah. and, and doing what we can, it, you know, if we can do that, what can't we do? Yeah, I think that's what, you know, it's funny. I say that about the, I think of that about theater all the time, but I think you're right. The pandemic has shown that we can do anything. You know, people are questioning how theater is going to change. I don't know, but I don't think it's going to change for the worse. I agree. You know, I think we're going to get, we're going to get more creative, more yes. inclusive, more, you know, we're going to use technology the way we, that benefits us. And we're going to use the intimacy in person the way it benefits us. And I think it's going to be good. Yes. I do. Um, and I'm not going to ask what I asked earlier. I'm going to ask a different, I'm going to, I think we're going to, when I think about coming out of it, I think, are you working, are you, are you, you did the audio play and you did self-tape. Mm-hmm. Have you gone on a set yet during mm. the pandemic? I have not. I have not. That must be wild. Yeah, I can't, uh, I'm glad that some normalcy is starting. Yes. You know, what, although it's not normal, but I'm glad that some normalcy is happening. I was curious, when did you, you film, when did you film your movie? We got so lucky. We got so lucky, Patrick. We I remember being in Pennsylvania. We went, so right around this time last year, right after the holidays, like January 3rd, we were in Pennsylvania and we shot till February 3rd, I think. And I remember hearing in the, in the, um, in the hotel we were staying in uh, about this virus in China. And we were sort of like, oh, you know, never in a million years thinking it would change things so much we wrapped we were able to return all the equipment and then oh and actually we got a um 
Well, we were editing it as we went along. Uh, Sarah was sending the dailies to the editor, so he was making a rough sort of patchwork of, you know, a very rough cut of the film as we were shooting it. Right. So um, Sarah got a couple of days to edit uh, in March, uh, early March, before everything shut down. So, and then she did the rest of it um, virtually. And we wrapped it. We wrapped it, you know, um, even though it was hard <laughs> because we were all, you know, in different places. And, um, but we were able to do it. You've been able to, when you say wrap it, able to say that that's a complete work. We're done with the film. We, 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 locked, we locked the sound. We locked the color. We locked the music. We locked everything. And I am just so glad that happened before. Yeah, I knew that was close. I knew that was close. I remember when you were starting it. And uh, you, yeah. you, did you co-write that with Sarah? I co-wrote it with Sarah. And, um, and you, you're, it, what's, um, is it the first movie you wrote and produced? Yeah, it was a movie. It was an idea that someone had brought to me and said, um, it was a journalist had, who I had known from The Soap. Um, and she knew my work and she said, I, I want you to play this woman who, um, I want to make a movie about her life. She just lost her son to heroin at 19 in uh, New Jersey, in Ramsey, New Jersey. It's a local story. And Linda Latterman is the woman's name, the mother's name. Danny was her son. And Linda had written a, a, a real creed to her, a mother's um, angry sort of plea to kids um, uh, to not put their parents through what she had just been through. And it was called Life After You. And Charlene, who was a journalist, never produced a film before, um, was so completely dead set on making this into a film. And she said, will you play Linda? At that point, Charlene was going to write the script. And she and I don't know what made me say, can I toy around with some of these, with this story and, 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 some, and a way of telling it that might be a little non-traditional? And, uh, and she said yes, and, and, um, and that's how it started. Great, and did, and did she produce it? Did you, did, were you a producer? Like, uh, what, and, I don't know what I want to ask about that. I did not know that it came from an outside source. And, yeah. and the willingness just to say, do you mind if I play with this is great because uh, I think it takes courage, especially if she was going to write it. And yeah. What made you want to do it? Did it just speak to you from the story? Not 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 make you do the project. The project sounds fascinating. Right. What want to take on the role of interpreting it? And the writing. Right. Well, um, you know, a part of my, what, I mean, when Charlene came to me with the story, as you said, it was like, you know, I, I kind of didn't feel like I had, uh, I mean, uh, yes, of course, I could have said no to Charlene, but it was more like saying no to the universe. I was like, I have to say yes to this story because it's so important and it's so urgent. And there's so many families that are suffering from this. And this is a story that needs to be told and it needs to be told now. As I got to know Linda and she um, told me what happened, my imagination just started to create ways of telling the story that I 
I felt um, might be useful. So, uh, and, and Charlene said, look, I've never written a screenplay. I, I, I would love it if you, if you wanted to, to, to give it a whirl. And this is actually something I, I had wanted to say earlier when we were talking, um, kind of along the lines of um, competing with oneself as opposed to others and not looking to the side when you're running, but, but staying on your own track. Another thing that I have stumbled across is that there's sort of a trick I play with myself. It's like, if you feel like, if you feel like, you know, oh shit, this, this is so difficult. Being an actor is so difficult, right? Oh my gosh, there's so many rejections. Oh my gosh, it's hard to... If you choose to take on something even more difficult, then that makes the acting seem less difficult. It's, it's like, you know, it, it, it just if you take on something else, then it lightens the load, you know? So I, I, I have found, and, and the same thing is true, is like if, if you're feeling depressed by outside forces and, you know, all of the many, many obstacles, the, the things we don't have control over, then choose something you do have control over, which is just as difficult, if not harder, because it's really the things that are in our control, which are truly challenging, right? The things we're capable of are so much more, that's, that's what we're really afraid of, is that we won't live up to our potential. It's not that, you know, someone else is going to stop us. It's that we will stop ourselves from actually achieving what we can achieve. So as, as opposed to saying, you know, oh gosh, this industry, you know, X, Y, and Z is horrible for these reasons, make a decision to do something you know you can do, whether it's write a play or run a marathon or stop drinking or uh, whatever it is that you know you could actually benefit from and that the world would benefit from. Focus on that. Put your energy into that. And that will distract you from all the rest, which is really just noise. Yeah. And it's your own. And 90, 99% of the time, it's your own noise. Yes. You know? And it's so... That, I, that filled me with so much joy because it's true. The second I started writing a play... Yes. Directing became so easy. Yes! I never... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I ever was questioning my ability as a director, but I never questioned it again because writing a play is so much harder, so, you know, and, yes. and then you perspective for me, you know, write the play, run a marathon, get sober, whatever. I'm like, right. Those things are hard, you know, so directing, you know, and you're right, could throw yourself into something else that's challenging. And then the thing you're, you know, called to do, you almost take for granted. You know? You'll be relieved that you get to do that. You'll be, you know. Yeah, I'm only acting in this? Great, good. Exactly. <laughs> I can do that. I was interested about the Linda uh, bringing, wait, who brought it to, Charlene, who brought it to you, mm -hmm. um, because, not about that, but about your ability to be a collaborative partner. And at what point, I sort of asked this earlier, a, and I think I found a better way to ask it. At what point did you realize that, or, or did you ever need permission to be an equal collaborator? Because I think that is something, that's what I was mm -hmm. talking about at one point about your ability to build relationships and connect people and, and connect to a project is I, I think you really join in fully. You know, it's this woman's idea. She brings it to you and, you know, you didn't say, oh, yeah, I could do that job. 
you were like, oh, this speaks to me. And let me, by that, by bringing my voice to it, let me strengthen it, not take it, build on it. And uh, wondering when that happened for you and, and did you, do you know that there was a shift there and did, you know, and I hope you know that's a skill kind of talent that people appreciate. Thank you. You know, I was working with a director at the time and he did not end up directing it. He ended up uh, leaving the project along the way. And no hard feelings, we just, you know, um, as you know, making something is really, it's messy and it's hard. You know, the, the, the gift of something hard is that it demands your attention and your focus and your ego uh, doesn't have a lot of room to, to prance around in. It's very humbling to make something. And, and that, again, that's such a gift because that, that humility is real to be alive and to be trying to do something that is, that is real. Um, as opposed to so much that we engage in that's just bullshit, you know, trying to meet the right people or have people like us or connect and schmooze. Like, not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff, but um, when, when you're engaged in the act of making something and you don't know if it'll work and there's no guarantee that it will, um, and even if it doesn't, the attempt to make something that is meaningful, um, it teaches you a lot about life, yourself. Um, so I embarked on this with the director and um, we traveled a, a very far road together and then um, didn't travel any further, you know, um, and another director came on board. But he and I, for a while, we were really having fun talking to Linda and her husband and, and I say fun in that it was very um, exciting to feel like we were taking a story and helping to tell it in a way that would bring, um, that would, that would re reach people. You know, it's a very sad tale of loss and um, threatens to be overwhelmingly um, um, devastating. So to find ways to... Um, to search for the joy, the humor, the love, the, the surprise in the telling of the tale was something that we were always um, searching for. And I'll tell you, Patrick, we, we, you know, we failed over and over and over and over and over and over again. And every time we fail better, that's you the, know, and that's the goal, that, that's the goal. As, as you know, um, we're, we're going to try stuff and it's, it's not going to be right. And so then you try something else and you get closer. And, and that's, that's what inspired me was um, that it, was, it felt playful and it felt like we were getting close to the heart of, um, of, of this person's story. That's great. When you, I'm going to reframe the question though, when you, when you, which is great, and I actually just love the fact about willing to fail because I I think courageously you're always artistically willing to take the risk, um, to jump without a net. You know, it feels like. And has that always been the part that people aren't going to hear is the third grade 
artist in you that kind of a calling, but has that courage always been there since you did the Emperor Has No Clothes and on, or was that, has that just happened over time because of the strengthening of the muscle and habit of doing it, or how did that come about? You know, I, I think, um, on the one hand, being the youngest made uh, afforded me a certain f freedom, but it was a freedom within a given circumstance, and that's, that time and place was the stage. I felt like I could be heard and seen and um, appreciated and alive on stage. Um, it, within my family, I felt like there sometimes wasn't room for me because I was smaller and because I was, I didn't know, know as much and because um, I felt a little overwhelmed by everything going on. The stage was the place that I could go and breathe and, and exercise a lot of my demons and express my joy without fear of uh, that it wasn't that I wasn't acting within some sort of prescribed right way to act. I felt I felt a, I always felt a freedom within that realm. And, you know, the upside of that is that I, I have always um, um, been childishly sort of in, in the best way thrilled by um, getting to play, getting to make stuff, getting to um, pretend and imagine and write and act and dress up. Um, the downside is that sometimes I feel like I'm more free in that realm than I am as a person in my life. Um, and I am really um, intending to to show, to show up in my life as a risk-taking individual, um, not just as an artist, because sometimes that can become very, um, that feels like my safe space. To get angry, um, to get um, uh, dangerous, and, um, and it really was when, I was when I was younger and didn't feel I could do that as a person. Yeah, no, I identify. That is why I go to the theater, why I work in the theater is that is the place that I can fully express myself and be. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, I would say slowly I was learning in life that I need to do that in my own life. But the something about the pandemic has really been like, show up, take care of yourself so you can take care of others, you know, that idea. But like, really getting a sense of what's important. So I appreciate that from this time of... Science. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yes, 2020 was challenging. I also, I got so much out of this year because I got to stay still. Because yeah. I got to do less and be more. I mean, as artists, you know how it is. We are hustling 24-7. We're going to plays three times a week. We are, we are hustling. We're in New York. We're going. It's a lot. And to just get to be inside, 
know, we were talking, I was so anxious. I'm, I'm like, you know, we're all excited about the vaccine and we're excited about the restoration of normalcy or whatever that'll look like. And, um, and I had this moment when the trucks pulled out with the vaccines in it, uh, I'm embarrassed to say of a little sadness because I went, oh, I don't want the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, and I don't want competition. Right. I just want to see people. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I want to take away those parts. Yeah. You said what you gained in 2020, you know, that being still. One of the things that I also appreciate about, one of the things I wanted to ask is like you, when you were saying going to the theater three times and doing this, you also have a very generous spirit. And I, I think it's interesting, generous in the fact that, you know, you're on a, you're you're making your own movie, you're on a TV show, you're in a play, and then you'll show up to somebody like an early career artist web series, you know, or you'll you're 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 doing many multiple projects of different level of visibility and finance and sometimes, you know, none <laughs> to the ultimate. And I'd just love you to talk about not why, but what that does for you, or or maybe why, what what the spirit of that is for you, because it is something I appreciate and think. Mm. You know, I think it's important because I I think people, you know, you we start to think early on we should do everything simply because we need experience and you never know where it's going to lead, and you should take every job. But mm -hmm. but also you there's this career driven thing, and there's so much that we do that's not about career about something else yeah you know i actually wanted wanted to talk about um about this very question um because it, in some ways it's it's at the heart of what i have come to um understand about um how i have survived uh, as an artist um in in new york and um and in my life and uh, and it sounds <laughs> it may sound a, a bit sappy, um, but you know it's a very personal, intimate um, knowing that only one only has with oneself. Like there's no way I could ever gauge from anyone else um, what their connection is to what they love. You know, that is really the most important thing to me. What, what turns you on? What lights your fire? What makes you get up in the morning? And you have to be very honest with yourself. There is no right answer to that. And there is no wrong answer to that. But that fire is what is going to carry you through this life. I, I recently heard a story about... Um, uh, I think it was Robert De Niro, I think it was Robert De Niro went to some graduation and he stood at the podium of this acting school and he mumbled about like, basically gave these very depressing facts about, you know, the statistics, you know, there's like ridiculous amount of actors and a tiny percentage ever make a living and of that tiny percentage, only, you know, a tiny percentage of that ever you know, basically the impossibility of this whole thing. And when he got off stage, um, the dean of the school was like, what the hell was that about? And he said, look, 
if there's anything I can say that's going to discourage you from doing this, then you don't need to do this. Like nothing I can say will make a difference if you know what you have to do. If you know what you love, what you get up in the morning and you can't wait to write that thing. You can't wait to put on a silly hat and, and act like a clown or, you know, um, think about what a homicide detective thinks, you know, I mean, like play, like if you don't need and want to do that, um, or if you do, that's what's going to carry you through all of this. Um, so I genuinely love going to the theater. I love that moment before the play starts when you're all sitting in the dark and anything could happen. To me, that is, that makes me feel like I know why I'm here. It's this honoring of the mystery of, as you said, what can we make? Like, what did this person want to show us that they made up out of their head and they're now going to put it on stage and you're going to watch it. And, and maybe it's, maybe it sucks, you know, but like just the very act of doing that, um, it, 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 it makes me giddy. So it's what you love and do that thing. And if it changes, that's fine. Like stay connected to constantly asking yourself, like, what do I want? What do I love? What, what, what is it that I want to spend my time doing? Yeah. And when you said, yeah, something, another word that came, it's, it's what's feeding me. Yes. You know, cause, uh, sometimes, yes. you know, what do I, what do I love might not be the thing that's giving me back what I need. Mm-hmm. You know? And yet, that doesn't, mm-hmm. and I say that because it's like sometimes, and you just have to acknowledge that and go, right, I love, there's another way to do it. There's another, you know, you might, when you said it might change, the reason it yes. changes is because, oh, this, I was in that relationship. That relationship didn't work anymore. This relationship works. Exactly. You know, there's a reason and there's, you know. Exactly. But you're, exactly. You go for it. And I think that's a great answer when you gave is like, well, why do you do an experimental movement piece and then, you know, a network television show and, you know, and then a play at the public. And it's like, oh, cause I love it. Cause you love it. Yeah. What is that thing that you can't sleep at night? Cause your heart is beating so fast that you, that, you know, you're excited and you, um, and, and it thrills you, you know, um, those are the things to search for. Um, I mean, yes, we all, we all have to make a living that, that, that is absolutely true. And, and those considerations are absolutely real. But, um, if you don't stay connected to the joy of doing this and the meaning of doing this, you're in trouble. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the thing that joy is going to keep you going. It's going to, it's yeah. going to, I say keep you going, not only moving a career, but, but keep you creating in a good way yes satisfying way you know the second the second you're thinking about the pain you're not that's a limiting 
doesn't mean the character doesn't have pain if you're acting, but it's limiting your ability to access creation. Yeah. So cool. I could have said that that's your advice if that's your advice, because it's pretty solid. Unless you had it something since I asked the question of if you had advice to people. And if you thought about it, I would give you a chance to answer that. You know, I did, I did think about it. And um, my advice would be to make, make your, make your own stuff. Um, if you feel so moved, um, make what it is you dream about, whether that's writing a play or um, a site specific piece or um, uh, get together a group of people and um, network about how to become producers. Like, what do you want to make and make it? There's absolutely nothing stopping you. That's what, that's how anything that's ever here has become, come to be here. As you said, there was a desire for something to be created and therefore it was created. So go ahead and, and create what you need and what you want. Yeah, I think that is it. And your power, you know, that's the other thing I think that the 2020 has done the pandemic, a lot of negative, but the positive is <laughs> we all have the ability to, there's no barrier to creation in the sense like you're at the public theater and you're making a radio play. You and I are making a podcast, but right. it almost leveled the playing field in a way of illustrating. We all have the same ability Yes. You know, let's make, you know, to make something. And so don't, I need to, you know, one finger out, three fingers back. Don't, yeah. don't, don't wait for the bear. Don't look at the barrier. Look at what you want and figure out how to create it. And I love what you said, because it's not, don't wait for other people because um, yeah. they're not going to make what you can make. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make what you need. They might. You know, right. But, right. But yeah, that's great. And I think it is what moves people forward. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Florencia. Oh, she's great. I have to say, you know, I'm so grateful for that conversation. I'm grateful for all of it. It was great. You, you, you know, didn't want to talk too much about the movie in the beginning because we talked a lot about what it was about. I'm, she's somebody I'm just really impressed with her artistic ownership at all levels. And I love just talking about the fact that she loves doing it, you know, and why is she, she's on a, you know, Netflix TV show and then she'll independent film she produced in somebody's web series. And it's really because she loves doing it. And and that comes through and it comes through in everything she does. And I, I think that's a spirit when I think about like, oh, what's advice and what do you have and when did you know? And the thing that's been resonating from the last couple of conversations I've had with people is, oh, right, it's because I love doing it and I'm going to do it the rest of my life in whatever form. You know, and I think the pandemic has gotten us, a lot of people to, some people have moved, some people have, you know, focused on other aspects of, career, you know, we've all, as the beginning of the conversation with Florencia that you could hear, uh, talked about we're all adapting. And I think that's true. The reason, but the one reason I think that we're all able to adapt to, 
to do this is because we have to do it and we love doing it. And anytime I'm frustrated, uh, frustrated with having to be my own sound engineer and having a recording issue or frustrated with, you know, not being able to be in the same room with the person or have a cup of coffee to catch up afterwards. You know, those are, those are, those are real. But the other thing that I just want to appreciate or want to make sure that I appreciate is uh, that I love doing it. I love doing all, you know, I love creating. I love writing. I love directing. I love getting the opportunity to create in whatever form. And to, and that's the thing that I'm carrying with me as we're, I am hoping you'll hear this. I am hoping the pandemic is coming to an end with the vaccine. I hope that in by the end of March, there's some sense of normalcy. I think that's very optimistic and a little soon and it's probably going to be the end of summer, but, but I'm just craving that normalcy, but at the same time, really appreciating everyone's ability to continue to create. And what Florencia and I talked about is, you know, doing it, doing the work and finding a way to do it and finding a way to, to connect with each other and finding a way to create fully and, and, you know, it's really because of the passion. So when I think about building an early career, I think that passion, that's the thing that's going to keep you going all the time. You know, if you're, if you're continuing to create through a pandemic, uh, you know, because we've all know, we all, nobody went into this blind and naive to think like, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing. It's easy. You're going to book job after job after job. It's like, no, there's plenty of downtime. There's plenty of rejection. There's plenty of times when you're not working or you can't think of something to write or, you know, whatever, you didn't get cast. And the thing that's going to keep you going is your passion to do it and your passion to find other people who are passionate to build and create projects together at all levels. And uh, that's really resonating with me today. So I look forward to hearing what you guys are working on. And, you know, I'm grateful that everybody I know, uh, that everybody is well. I hope everybody is healthy out there and to uh, you know, I'm also grateful that we have four. Hopefully, we are beginning a period of quiet out Twitter rants every day and things like that. And we can start a new transition of our four years, start to transition ourselves back into healthy, creative, productive beings. And with that, we're out. <laughs>